genre. Welcome back to the Coronetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of hot fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're about to go off on minute 66, which begins with Angel asking Leslie if she's going somewhere and ends with Leslie Tiller telling Angel that the land was worth 10 times what George Merchant, God rest him, was offering. <laughs> and uh, we have a guest from Mad Max Minute. Rick, welcome. Oh, good day, mates. <laughs> I think that's the wrong country. <laughs> that is the wrong country and such the wrong accent, and I promise that is the last time I'm going to use it for the sake of the <laughs> listeners. Wrong country, wrong continent. Rick, get out of Australia. <laughs> uh, well, uh, happy to have you here for uh, the week where... Where Nicholas starts putting the pieces together, or I guess the pieces are handed to him, as the case may be. Pieces. Pieces. Not the pieces. Yeah. Uh, This week is like narrative cornstarch, because it just thickens things up so much. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. This is a a pretty pretty big week. Um, But it all starts here. With this, uh, this little—I uh, don't. Would you call this a monologue? I bet this would be a fun monologue to like perform, mm-hmm. like like you know for like college kids in like a drama class or something like that. Well, we're we're we're, we're, we're taught that uh, monologues that deliver a lot of exposition are to be avoided. Oh, but but since this one's like funny, maybe that kind of curves that. Oh, interesting. That bit, of, but that was something we just learned from like teachers and stuff right but that's specifically from your school because like i took i took those classes and i was never told that mm. so now, um, are you allowed to do a monologue if there is little snippets of dialogue thrown in there well usually when that has happened i've asked the i've asked the uh the instructor if i could cut out the other dialogue because it was just keeping the it was just like cutting into it like i you can you can do it without the questions you know mm. like by like just like changing a tense or something like that, mm-hmm. you can usually do it in like one long thing. And I feel like this is an example of of that, mm-hmm. where you could probably just roll through it as a monologue. It's a very uh, yeah. Agatha Christie monologue. Yeah. Or it really is just like, oh, you see, detective, but uh, you know, like here's yeah. something you didn't even know about. Is that I have a secret son? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. Um, this is kind of what happened in the new Fantastic <clears throat> Beast movie. Yeah. God rested. God rested. So what what can you tell us about the actress who played Leslie Tiller? Yeah. So I don't know if we've ever, I don't know. I can't remember if Anne Reed came up because. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she did or not. Um, I definitely remember her from, I think we might've brought up that she was in that episode of Doctor Who. Which episode of Doctor Who? She was in the episode, um, the, the first appearance of Martha. Uh, oh. She was like the vampire, the old lady vampire. Smith like, and Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was like sucking blood out of people at mm-hmm. the hospital. 
the platoon Ooh, that's charming. on the moon. Yeah, yeah, the Jadoon, yeah. That episode. Uh, but yeah. It, okay. With a straw. Was Remember Le- she had the straw? Yeah. Yeah. Was Leslie, uh, Russell T. Davis. Yeah. Was, was Leslie Tiller at Romeo and Juliet? I don't remember. Where I mean, has she been? Like, where have we seen her before prior to this? Uh, she was at the uh, the the meeting, the NWA meeting. Okay, the one, the circle, the round right. table. Yeah, because the, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the woman who runs the the motel, the hotel, um, the inn, uh, she's, Janine. Yeah, she said that. Oh, she's ever so good. Talking about like the flowers. Oh, that said, right. Welcome. She is ever so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Anne Reed, uh, uh, just a prolific career. But I, I, I spent the last few minutes before recording reading up on her role in Coronation Street, uh, a UK program that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's it's very significant over there. But yeah, she played a character named Val, and just all of her milestones were watched by like 15 million UK viewers, 18 million viewers. Like she got married uh, when she left the show. Uh, when her when she gave birth on the show, the television pro- uh, station was sent gifts from viewers. Wow. So I don't know. It, it, it's inter- like her character or her, uh, like on behalf of the birth, celebration of the birth of her it? of the real birth. the character. Okay, the character. Yeah, yeah that's what I was Sorry asking. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, a lot of public affection for this for this character in coordination. And I just think it's so funny to watch this movie and you know, to most to a lot of US viewers, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I don't know who that is, but in the UK, I don't know. Yeah, like, well, I mean, they probably don't know people from Young and the Restless, but That's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of people who are fond of the people who've been on that forever. It's just crazy how many people used to watch TV. Yeah. Remember when that Victor guy from Young and the Restless died? That was a big deal. Well, no, I don't. <clears throat> oh, you don't remember that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, oh, what is her name? Um, he played um, Robin's dad on How I Met Your Mother. Alan Thicke. Nope. At, before pre-Alan Thicke. Because Alan Thicke was the second appearance of her dad. The first oh. appearance was Victor from Young and the Restless. Oh. Yeah. Also Canadian? <clears throat> I b- believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Mm. Um, anyway. <laughs> Scott, I'm very impressed by your knowledge of daytime television. Were you out of school sick a lot? Uh, I was not. Uh, when I lived <laughs> with my dad for five years, my stepmother recorded daytime soap operas, and they watched them with dinner every day. Ah, I oh. see. See, when I think of soap operas, I think of like my mom doing laundry in the daytime, or like you know, like oh, you like normal people who watch it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. That is definitely the normal way to to consume daytime soap operas, for sure. Uh, not uh, taping them every day to make sure that you're uh, staying up on your stories. I remember taping stuff. Yeah, I remember taping stuff. Yeah, apparently, my mother-in-law's a virtuoso when it comes to recording stuff on a VCR. But Nick, when you were going through Anne Reed's IMDb page, I was a little surprised you didn't bring up that she was not only in the Booze Cruise One in two thousand three, <laughs> but she was also back for the sequel and the third movie in the series in two thousand six. <laughs> what is the Booze Cruise? You know, I wish I had a working knowledge of the Booze Cruise series of uh, movies, mm. but. From the sound of it, I think it's just a bunch of older British actors who go on a booze cruise to France, and there is a consistent character in each one of those movies named Grace, played by Anne Reed. So it's just, it's the original uh, Marigold Gold Hotel. 
I yeah, guess like a, so. Like a more Todd Phillipsy best exotic marigold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, and Reed received uh, kind of two late career resurgences, Act Three resurgences uh, in the 2000s roundabout, like 2003, 2004. She was nominated for uh, a BAFTA for best actress in a leading role. A uh, for the mother. For the mother, which I've never heard of, but you know. <laughs> Award movies. I mean, I'm sure it was a great performance. And then in 2013, she received a BAFTA TV Award Best Actress nomination for Last Tango in Halifax. Mm. So it's it's good to know that Anne Reed was uh, is continue to find uh, interesting celebrated work post Hot Fuzz. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I always like hearing from NWA members on the show that like go on to do like a lot of cool stuff. Oh, for sure. And I mean, because yeah. we're all so good. Well, and in this monologue here. That she gives uh, monologue esque, I guess it's not not a true monologue as Rick pointed out, um, but it's you know <laughs> as close as most things uh, allow for in movies, um, <laughs> just in general. Uh, but it's uh, I I think that it really goes to show you her acting prowess that all of this. Uh, exposition is just thrown away. Mm-hmm. All of it is thrown away, and it's. It is just a dense block of cheese of exposition. Just just something that you should not get through all mm-hmm. in one sitting. But she's going to get through all of it and make it sound really natural. And not only natural, but like she's just throwing it out there. Just throwing it away. Just... I, I like I know like, you know, you, you know about the technique of like throwing away a line. Mm-hmm. But throwing away a monologue is impressive. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the comedy of this minute of the of this scene is coming from her casualness and mm-hmm. the way that this she's she's forgetfully saying this while preparing Nicholas's order. And right, he's just dumbfounded. Right, yeah, he can barely believe that this is just dropping in front of him. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what happens when you care about other people more than your job. Your job gets done for you. Oh. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real lesson of Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I really do. I love, I love this scene. I love how it's all being put together. I love that, you know, her saying "God rest, God rest him, God rest her, God rest them." Yeah, uh, God rest a lot of them. Her, 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 her insistence on that, that, yeah, that classic. Yeah, but, but like, it's also, it's funny as a character thing, mm-hmm. but then it's also additionally funny because it's like, oh, all of these people are dead. Yeah, look at how so many people have been killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The NWA. <laughs> they were losing their damn minds. Oh, um, it really makes you wonder, all of these people so closely connected to this bypass, land sale, shopping center thing, and I don't want to slingshot forward in the movie or anything like this, but... It's such a coincidence that all of this business stuff could be happening when that's not the motive. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I guess it just goes to spoiler alert. <laughs> there's a similar, there's a uh, a, a, a similar um, thread I feel like in Adam McKay's The Nice Guys, where or the other guys, where Adam, where where Mark Wahlberg's character keeps insisting that there is some kind of like Michael Bay cartel action movie plot going on when really there's this like really dry, hard to understand dense wall street, like blue white collar crime thing going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Nicholas is looking for this plot, heavy mystery Chinatown scheme. 
Mm-hmm. And here it is, like, and and it kind of like is that I don't, he's biased. He's been looking for something like this, so he just kind of chases it. Right, right. I well, and it it is it is not <clears throat> it's not like a drug cartel, but it is. I would say it's Chinatown level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the definitely. the conspiracy. Who framed Roger Rabbit level? Yeah, who framed Roger Rabbit level? Yeah, um, all of the great bypass films. Um, <laughs> the trilogy, right? The bypass trilogy. <laughs> Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> There's the Bypass Trilogy. Um, but yeah, I, I I, just, I love how this drops in his lap. I love that he, like Simon Pegg's performance in this scene of just cutting back to him and him just slowly losing his mind Yeah, is so great. Uh, yeah, Nicholas is such a great character. I he don't is. know, just like seeing him, yeah, like... It's not joy. It's just like, wait, what the what the fuck? Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> it's the exact sort of thing that he would expect to find in a big city like London. He's got all these big city sensibilities that he hasn't kicked over the course of the movie. And now here it is, laid out bare. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, um, I'm going to play a little bit of, you know... Chris Clueless here. Is this the first time that there's been a mention of a bypass road? They just mentioned it a lot in uh, in Nicholas's research with the Sanford Citizen right. issues. So oh, the okay. previous week, mm-hmm. um, it, it came up. Uh, I can't remember if it came up during the NWA meeting that we mentioned earlier. I don't think I don't think it did, and I don't I don't think it came up. I don't remember if it came up vocally. In last week, I think we only know about it because we were reading the articles. Okay, so it might this might be new information to the casual viewer. Yeah, and bypass was he circled bypass because it was constantly misspelled. Okay, cool. Yeah, visual storytelling. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Well, as a casual viewer, I feel a little bit better now. <laughs> if you guys can understand how a casual viewer would miss it. Yeah. Oh, I I'm think so. A little better now. I, I mean, so we're for sure. missing stuff, and we're watching it one minute at a time, and I can't remember <laughs> stuff from, like, a couple months ago. Well, I mean, yeah, that because that was a couple months ago instead yeah. of, like, 10 minutes ago yeah. for everyone else. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What is this? <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I think this is, uh, I think this is a great way for this to happen because, you know, the, the big reveal that we're going to get of who's behind these murders is, I mean, that's, that's the, that's sort of like the important bit Mm -hmm. is the, is the who done it. It doesn't really matter. Like the why done it is less important, Mm -hmm. you know, but we, so, so like having this just drop in his lap rather than him, like figuring it all out, I think is perfect for this kind of movie. Cause if we had to figure all out all of this on its own, I mean, that's another probably what, 10 minutes of screen time, probably, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like this one, like really funny exposition dump scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But yeah, like, um, he's, he's only looking at it from his perspective because it, it, you're right. It isn't a, it, it's more of a who than a what. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's following the what, mm-hmm. which is, oh, it has to be this money scheme, this like bypass drama it can't just be something as simple as we want our village to win village of the year right that's psychotic right <laughs> right it kind of it kind of seems like a mistake i that happens a lot in stories where or especially like genre stories where you watch like a superhero thing or a science fiction thing and it becomes super plot 
who can like let's make the most complicated multi-threaded plot story we can and it kind of forgets like who or why yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that happens uh i think that happens a lot i think that uh this movie i think just it 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 knows why people are watching this and it knows that like they're not watching it for the mystery no yeah they don't care yeah 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 so um it's it's fine to just sort of uh let it go it's a really fun red herring right it's one of the more fun red herrings i can think of in movies oh yeah because there's already people who think this movie's too long (laughs) yeah um there's already people who think that this movie is somehow not perfect and that it runs too long and that they get bored um which is insane to me but uh there are people who exist like that um and and i can't imagine prolonging this anymore than you know, by just then, then not just having this scene, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, it's, it's a fun scene, but unfortunately it's just, it's just uh shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot. It is, it is a testament to how deep this movie's bench goes that here's Ann Reed. Maybe this is like her one scene in the movie, arguably her one like set and she nails it. She crushes it. Yeah. Oh Yeah. She reminds me of a Russell T. Davies character. Yeah, she is just a little too like it's like a, a little Stepford, just kind of heightened. Yeah. So like, I was just I was thinking folksy. She's very folksy in a but in like a real way. Like she reminds me of Jackie Ch- Tyler. Like I could see that actress playing this part. You know what's weird is I think of Russell T. Davies writing city characters. Oh, that's funny. And I don't think of him writing so much like characters out in the country. Uh. I think of Jackie Tyler, and she's like. In, in a city, right? She was in London. Yeah, but she would still talk like Hello, this, I think. It's me, Jackie Tyler. I think she'd still Rose, talk like this, come though. come back. No, Rose. I think she'd still talk like this, what though. What are you doing? What is and folksy, folksy isn't country, necessarily. Okay. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Folksy is a certain type of person. Folksy. Yeah, I, I, I attribute folksy with ruralness. Country. Oh, see, I, 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 I contribute folksy with people who spend time with folks. Like oh, in a bar. Regular folks. In a, in a pub. Yeah, regular folks. So That's, go- goofy you would describe as folksy. Yeah, goofy's folksy. Okay. Sure. What do you what do you associate folksy with, Rick? <laughs> I am definitely more geographic when it comes to folksy versus uh, non-folksy. When I think if you are someone who lives out in a more rural area, like you would find in the village of Stanford, Sanford, Sanford, Stanford, you know, one of those. I don't know. I'm used to I'm used to the bush. It's so. not the school. <laughs> it's not the school. <laughs> Not the Ivy League school. You know, I would expect, you know, someone folksy, they'd be out, you know, out in the bush hunting the dingoes and sitting out on the front porch and trying to snatch up critters. You know, someone who is Hmm. not folksy would be the kind of person in the city. Scott, even though I don't, even though I have a different interpretation of you i i really appreciate how valid your definition is <laughs> like, yeah no folksy it makes it sound yeah yeah like you could go to like any kind of like a bar in boston in the city yeah and be like oh these are folks folksy yeah, yeah. Like norm from cheers yeah 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 norm from cheers definitely a folksy guy to me okay yeah definitely i don't know yeah um i don't know you say yeah. folksy and it just it conjures images to get off of the whole Australia kick that I usually get. You know, someone who's 
And I understand with hipster culture being what it is, someone who wears flannel and drinks out of a mug and maybe is practicing mm. the banjo, which honestly, you can literally find anywhere these days. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not going to be people that are specifically in the woods. I wonder if uh, folk music is what changed that terminology for a lot of people. Oh, sure. Yeah, because people think folk music, they do think of like the Ozarks. Well, no, because like, then, as we learned... UK, the England, folk music is a very different sound than American folk music. Yeah. Mm. And then you have Mumford and Sons, which is like, well, we want to sound like, oh, brother, where art thou? Right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. The word folk is interesting, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Prairie Home Companion. Is that folk? Bluegrass? Uh, Yeah. No, that's bluegrass. Okay. Everybody, very home companion. Um, definitely bluegrass. <laughs> Life will be gone. No one can hear you. You're mumbling. So did he. <laughs> That's on brand. Oh man. Anyway, what do you guys think of the terminology, fo- folksy? Uh, I think I think I'm probably in the minority in the way that I think, but that's how I've always associated it um, personally. But. Uh, uh, I I don't I don't disagree with <laughs> what you guys picture either. I think uh, it can just have a couple of different interpretations, maybe, uh, or maybe I'm just flat out wrong. I don't know. Either way, Norman Goofy would definitely be friends. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think Jackie Tyler would be charmed by both of them. Yeah. <laughs> what a great little world we've made. <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, <laughs> any any other thoughts on this minute? Rick, you got anything? Well, I just wanted to say if anybody wants to set up a drinking game and take a shot every time Leslie Tiller says, God rest him, you're going to need at least uh, seven shot glasses, but you're going to be drinking in such rapid succession that you're probably going to make yourself sick. Oh, thank you for doing a count. Mm-hmm. I was just being like, why didn't we do a count? Yeah, it's six this minute, once more on Tuesday. Oh, man. Wow, that's a sharp downward spike. Yeah. Well, the majority of them, I think, happen here. How long could this model Yeah. Be? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we uh, the, thanks for joining us, Rick. Uh, you'll be back tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, uh, everybody, if you're on Facebook, join the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub over there. Uh, that's where all the discussion happens. Uh, about uh, Hot Fuzz and Hot Fuzz-related things. That's the Cornetto Minute on Listener's Pub on Facebook. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 67 for The Greater Good. The Greater Good. The Greater Good. The Greater Good.